0: This is episode 173 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are, Survival Gear I Didn't Need and Shouldn't Have Bought, A Couple of Real Examples, and Five Discreet Weapons You Can Carry Almost Anywhere. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version, with some commentary, of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, let's go ahead and jump right into the articles on this Friday podcast. Uh, The first article comes to us from NextStepSurvival.com. Again, that's NextStepSurvival.com. And this article is called uh, Survival Survival Gear I Didn't Need and Shouldn't Have Bought. A Couple of Real Examples. Hey, I got to just say, uh, appreciate Brian's openness on this, uh, this uh, article here. And uh, so hopefully those of you who are new to prepping, I know there's a lot of you out there, welcome to the podcast. Uh, but uh, also those of us who are experienced, just uh, some good lessons to remind ourselves with. So let's go ahead and start. How does posting survival gear I didn't need and shouldn't have bought help you? I'm hoping by posting a few of my mistakes you might benefit by finding a more direct route to preparedness and self-sufficiency. Jumping in blind and headfirst caused an expensive setback on several levels. Sharing some of those setbacks even now and then just might help you. That is why I'm sharing the survival gear I didn't need. It certainly isn't to trash talk any of the gear because most of it is great gear. I'm listing some of the survival gear to help tell the story, Not to discourage you or anyone else from buying it. It just wasn't the right purchase for me at that particular time. Like buying a 10 second car at 16 or buying a flashlight to light a fire. This is one of the reasons Next Step Survival exists. Running around blind and following the advice of the good people on YouTube was a costly mistake. Seriously, we're talking about a few thousand dollars if I'm going to be honest with myself. On the wrong stuff. Ouch. I should have made a plan, a budget, and stayed on target. I was trying to do too many things at once. Hiking, bushcrafting, prepping, and whatever survival trick or skill I could find online. The setback wasn't only in survival gear I didn't need, but also in time wasted on the wrong things. How far did I set myself back by wasting time and money while focusing on the wrong things? I could go back over 20 years talking about survival gear. I didn't need, but still spent the cash. I've been hiking and camping since the mid-80s. All through the 90s, I carried a ton of gear in a tractor trailer and hiked all over the country. Weekends away from home were adventures in the mountains, woods, or even desert. Fast forward to just a couple of years ago when I lost my mind, LOL. I don't know if I just got hooked on Amazon or I thought I was going to be the next Bear Gryllis, but I was getting so many packages that the UPS driver added me as a Facebook friend. Uh, that's That's actually kind of funny. Uh, Survival gear led me to prepping and then things really got a little crazy. Rather than boring you with my life story, I'll give you a couple of examples. Unfortunately, this is just a small sample of gear I probably didn't need. uh, Probably my biggest example of buying the wrong gear was my sleep and shelter kit. I bought a pretty expensive tactical tent, military sleeping bag, air sleep pad, and even a heavy duty camo tarp. Oh trust me, this gear looks tough when it's set up. Let's look at my cost, not what it costs today. A, a snug top Scorpion 3 4 season tent, $237.50. A climate static 5 lightweight sleeping pad, $54.95. A military modular sleep system 4 piece, 4 season with Gore-Tex bivy, $169.19. A AquaQuest Defender Tarp, 10 by 7 feet, Heavy-duty waterproof nylon shelter, $79.99. The total expense, $541.63. Okay, $500 is a lot of money in my world, but I can see spending that on gear needed to shelter you while you sleep. Here's the problem with my new tactical gear. I couldn't really use it. It was too heavy for my bug-out bag. I mean, that's why I bought it, right? Back to the drawing board and more research. So I bought a lighter tent, a lighter sleeping bag, and even a lighter pad. I bought some of this gear locally and don't have the receipts, receipts, but I do know it was even more expensive than the Amazon purchases I listed above. For example, one of the lighter items I upgraded to was an AquaQuest 10x10 Ultra Light Waterproof Ripstop sill Nylon Backpacking Rainfly Shelter. and that's a long title there. Uh, I paid $84.99 for this tarp. Back then, so for 5 bucks more, my rain fly went from 2.7 pounds to 1.5 pounds. Funny, I didn't even need this tarp with a tent, but I use it religiously these days. Now, I'm way over $1,000 and haven't spent a single night outdoors, but I have some cool gear, right? Wrong. My first hike and overnight trip taught me a valuable lesson. Once I'd laid on the sleeping bag, sleeping pad inside a tent and sleeping bag for a few hours... I awoke with pain almost everywhere I almost couldn't even stand, much less walk. This was some serious pain. I spent the rest of the night by myself, a few miles from my car, trying to make a chair out of logs and my sleeping bag. It didn't work. The lesson learned to first learn from our mistakes, we need to understand the mistakes we made. I didn't think through uh, I didn't consider the weight by mistake. I misjudged myself I thought. I was tough enough to carry a 50-pound pack. Wrong. I'm old. It turns out my old bones don't like sleeping on the ground. The truth hurts. So when it took to learn what I actually needed was to get out there and train. For me, that involved getting out there in the woods. For you, it might be something entirely different. The key is get out there and do it. May I rant for a second? I'm concerned about many people I see on YouTube saying their packs are too heavy but they're in shape. Or worse, those soldiers are out there with a lot more weight, so I just think about how hard it is for them. We just need to deal with it. Really? Okay, buttercup, keep telling yourself that. Use your gear. Train with your gear. Your survival gear will only assist in saving your life. You have to own the knowledge, skill, and confidence to pull off that kind of miracle. Hey, that's brilliant. Quick, somebody write that down. By getting out there and experiencing a few solo overnight hikes, I learned I prefer hammock camping with a tarp shelter. Watching YouTube videos and reading Amazon reviews would have never taught me what I needed. Yes, I'll admit, YouTube did help me find hammock camping eventually. At least that ultralight rainfly came in handy. Want another crazy survival gear purchase mistake? I feel this might help someone going through the same silly process right now. I got lost hiking. For me, that's not that unusual. I almost always violate common sense and go off trail, way off the trail, sometimes over a mile and then set up overnight camp. Call me crazy, but that's part of the fun. One weekend, I got so turned around, I literally had to spend an extra night in the woods before I found my way out. Even then, I was over five miles away from my pickup truck when I found a road on the wrong side of a lake. I was well equipped and not in any danger, so I wasn't really worried. It did make me want uh, a better GPS than my phone that loses signal in the deep woods. So when I made it home, I logged onto Amazon and started looking for a reliable handheld GPS. I bought a Garmin 64ST with uh, with antenna and Bluetooth and US Topo for $287.94. Then a 32 megabyte scan disc for $15.79. An armor suit military shield for $9.98. Let's get the Garmin vehicle power cable for $15.86. And we need a case too, right? Let's get a Garmin 64 GPS map case cover for $28.95. Now I have a $358.52 invested in gear. I thought I needed but didn't. A map. Yes, a compass, absolutely. Maybe even a Bushnell GPS backtrack personal locator, which is what I actually carry into the woods these days. Most of that survival gear is gone now or well on its way. Here's more survival gear I didn't need and shouldn't have bought, possibly with a better solution. Then the Alps Outdoor Z Commander Pack pack, Bag. Now the Kelty Red Cloud 110 Hiking Backpack. Good, the Mallow Me Extra Large Hammock Straps. Way lighter is the Hammock whoopee Sling with Soft Shackles. Impressive is the k bar Army Fighting Knife with Sheath. Now I love knives and have many, but I'd been better served with the less expensive Mora Bushcraft Carbon Steel Survival Knife with Fire Starter and Sheath. Then the Voodoo Tactical Mini Mojo Loadout Bag. Why? This is really cool, but I don't even remember why I bought this thing for it. The cool Vietnam M1966 Jungle Hammock. I'm way too big for this thing. Now it's the Eno Eagle's Nest Outfitter Camo Nest XL Hammock. I might record a video on my hammock and tarp shelter setup. It is sweet. Let's look at some steps to consider when it comes to survival gear, prepping, or life in general. Have a workable plan, step by step. Stay focused on one major goal at a time, not a dozen different directions. Use your survival gear and train with that gear. Experience the situation before throwing big bucks at the gear. And be honest with yourself. Your life may depend on it one day. Take action daily and build on your knowledge and learn new things. I'll close this thing out now. I will go. I could go all day on survival gear. I did need and shouldn't have bought, but did. No regrets. I'm a slow learner, but I think I got it now all right so and there's a couple of pictures here with uh, some of the gear and uh, the price tags on them uh so again like i said before earlier i appreciate brian being so honest a lot of people wouldn't have been very honest about all of this and some of the mistakes you know the costly mistakes um you know buying gear is very very expensive and uh so yeah definitely uh it's it's exciting uh especially for guys sometimes you know we uh uh, we we get on Amazon or we start reading articles and like, man, that's sexy. That looks good. You know, I'd love to have that. I'd like, I'd like to take that out into the woods. And then by the time you know it, you know, you, you spend all this money and then it doesn't work for you. It doesn't meet your needs. Uh, it might meet somebody else's needs. It might be, it might make for a good video or a good article or whatever, but uh, it doesn't meet your needs. So uh, you definitely need to have a plan. I do appreciate the fact that he did talk about that plan. Um, you know, recently I started a, a series over at uh, Ed that Matters called Survival for the Common Man. And so I've been trying to be very systematic of if uh, I was helping a new prepper, uh, if I was helping a new prepper, uh, you know, take the right steps to prepare, or uh, you know survival, uh, what would I, how would I walk them through? So I started out with uh, the first uh, article uh, on you know where to start. and basically it's to create your plan. And the second article was, uh, creating that strategy. How do you, how do you get from where you are to, uh, to where you need to be? You know, so you've made a plan. How do you implement that plan? And so I give you a strategy for that. And, uh, so I'm trying to put an article out a week. I don't know if I'm gonna get to, uh, one this next week. Um, but I already have it kind of planned in my head. I just need to sit down and, and, and write it down. But, um, I'm gonna link to it in the show notes because, uh, uh, I'm gonna link to the last one, the strategy one, and then you can bounce from that one onto the to the one about making a plan. But I think you need to be purposeful in uh, if you're new to preparedness,, uh, you need to be purposeful about how you start because it's very easy to just start you know buying up gear, you know thinking that's it. That's the most important thing. You need to have a lot of other things in place first before you start getting to all the sexy stuff. And, uh, you know, that's good if you have the money for it and you can blow it and you're good. And if you make mistakes, you're all right. Uh, But, you know, uh, really, you really need to start from a plan. Uh, You know, there's a there's a lot of us out here who uh, who we are watching our finances and we're trying to make good decisions. And so uh, you want to you want to make sure that you're you're starting from a plan that's going to benefit you. That's really going to help you if the poop hits the fan. So uh, again, like I said, I appreciate Brian's honesty here. Not a lot of people would have done that. Uh, and uh, so go check that out. He has a, he has links here that you might want to uh, to bounce off of. And uh, it's at, again that's nextstepsurvival.com. Like always, I will link to the article in the show notes. And uh, you can uh, if you you know you're on iTunes or you on you're on another podcast catcher that uh, brings in the show notes, you can link directly to it from there. Um, you know, he talked about a kit here, and so uh, I, I do want to invite you if you have not uh, been there yet. I created a, a, a link bomb, a kit link bomb, uh, and it's titled, you know, what should I put in my survival kit? And uh, it is a ton of articles uh, in four basic category, four major categories, right? Um, uh, everyday carry, bug out bags, get home bags, and inch bags. And you can go check that out. And, and if you go check that out, I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well. Um, if you go check that out, you always you also have the ability to sign up uh, and get the um, the, uh, the the free PDF. Uh, nine experts uh, share their top seven kit items. And so I have uh, you know I asked some of my preparedness friends uh, in the community, some of the experts out there. Hey, what, what would you put in your kit? You know, can, will you give me your top seven items? I kind of kept it to seven, right? And, uh, just give me your top seven items and give me the number one item, right? And I put that down, put, put it together in a PDF and, uh, you can download that for free when you come over to the website and, uh, and, uh, sign up for it. We'll send it to you. So, uh, that a lot of good stuff there. Uh, if you are in in the process of getting your kit, um, you got to remember when it comes to your kit, your kit is your own you got to make sure that you are meeting your needs you're not just getting a list from somebody and copying it down that's why I like to put a bunch of stuff out there, and so you got to make the best decisions you got to take all that information in and uh, you know uh, look through it and and really uh, figure out what is the best solution for you all right. So, all right, let's go ahead and move on to our next article of the, um, of the podcast. Uh, every Friday, I try to bring out an article from the, from the archives, and uh, I normally go to the Facebook group and uh, ask them, hey, what, what would be a good topic that you, maybe you haven't heard uh, recently or you'd be interested in hearing, and uh, I get a couple of ideas there, and then I go to the archives and try to pull an article that is, uh, you know, along those lines, and so last week I, I posted that uh, that question probably a little too late, because uh, by the time I got to uh, to Thursday when I started to record the the Friday podcast, uh, there wasn't there wasn't any real feedback there. And then of course, it, like it always works out uh, after I did the podcast, and people were leaving their uh, their ideas and and their thoughts. And so uh, I told everyone that I would do it the next week. And so you know one of the one of the topics that came out was you know improvised weapons or or uh, you know things that that um, aren't weapons aren't, aren't historically weapons, but you can use to defend yourself. So I remember uh, a pretty popular article by uh, Scott over at Grey Wolf Survival. Uh, and uh, I went to go find that one. Uh, that's why you know it's called five discrete Weapons you can carry almost anywhere. Uh, there's a lot of places uh well first of all there's a lot of cities and in, in in states that just are not favorable to concealed uh carry uh, and so uh you know you got to think about what you would do how would you defend yourself there i don't know if i would want to live in a in a state like that or you know a city like that um but i mean you kind of understand that uh maybe if you grew up there you just you just deal with it right um But, uh, you know, what would you do? Sometimes there's a lot of places that you do go into that, uh, you can't conceal carry even, you know, in Texas or you're in a, uh, you're, you're in a state that you can, uh, conceal carry or open carry. And, uh, you know, a lot of places where you'd want to be able to to defend yourself in some manner. Uh, and so using everyday items, it, it is very possible to do. And so that's what this article will take care of. Like I said, it's uh, at graywolfsurvival.com. So I'm reading one of Scott's articles over there. It's called Five Discreet Weapons You Can Carry Almost Anywhere. So let's go ahead and read this one. Let's face it. It would be nice to be able to carry a concealed firearm with you wherever you go to be able to protect yourself and your family from any of the millions of crazy people in the world who don't have your best interest in mind. Unfortunately, that's not always possible. Some governments have decided that it's up to only a chosen few to be able to do that, and if you're not lucky enough to be one of those chosen few, you need to hope that you happen to have one in the room if something happens, and hope they can take care of it on their own. As they say, when seconds count, cops are just minutes away. Luckily, there are weapons that you can carry pretty much anywhere, and to pretty much any establishment. These weapons also don't draw attention to yourself, so even though they're out in the open, they're effectively concealed. Last thing you want is to be the first target when someone decides to attack a room. I get asked a lot of self-protection questions on Grey Wolf Survival, but this particular one keeps coming up, so I figured I'd sit down and write some ideas up. Just keep in mind that these are just five ideas, but they should spur your imagination to figure out something that would work better for you and where you're going. I've done a lot of threat vulnerability assessments for different embassies and commands around the world. Part of that testing involves penetration testing and evaluation. I've learned to look for things that are allowed into areas that most people wouldn't consider. As such, this article should be a wake-up call for things you should keep an eye out for, as well as give you ideas on how you can carry something to protect yourself and your family while grocery shopping in places like D.C. and New York City that have ridiculously restrictive weapon laws until you find a better place to live. What I tried to do is come up with five things that you could carry around in your hand or within easy reach in your pocket that could be used as an effective weapon if you took some time to learn how to use them, And hopefully actually took lessons from an expert or at least done some studying and practicing on checking out something like Street Survival Guide, Self-Defense Awareness, Avoidance, and Fighting Techniques that gives you some street knowledge in addition to learning the moves. The best fighting system that I know of that will help you in a real life scenario is Krav Maga Maga. I've also tried to find five that would be the least likely to draw suspicion by someone carrying them. Some things that people sometimes carry as improvised weapons, like a baseball bat, a screwdriver, uh, or a key ring will still be confiscated if those in power deem them as weapons. I've also purposely left off things that hide weapons such as a cane with a hidden sword or lipstick with a hidden stun gun, because carrying those into places where you're not allowed to have a weapon can get you into a lot of trouble. I used to carry a T-handle swivel spark plug wrench when I rode my Harley to CD biker joints in the past, but it was only as as discreet as you could fool someone into thinking it was for wrenching. Alright, so the first one, number one, is a newspaper or a magazine. This is probably the most inconspicuous weapon of the group, but with some training, it can be extremely effective. It's an improvised weapon that's been taught to special forces and intelligence operatives for generations. Colloquially used as a weapon, a lot of people refer to it as a milliwall wall break. The key is rolling it up tight and folding it in the right spot. If you roll it towards the fold, you won't have all the pages layered out alongside, so it'll hold up better, like I have in the picture above. You can also pre-roll it and keep it tight with a rubber band too, which would make it very effective, but now you're starting to lose the inconspicuousness of it. Here's a quick video that shows just how easily it can be used. So there's a video you can go check out. Number two is a flashlight. They make a lot of flashlights like the Surefire, X, uh, the Surefire 6 PX Defender now that have a strike bezel in the front. That allows you to dig into an opponent while striking them. You can see it in the front of this image. As you can see that would probably hurt if you got hit by it. The problem is is that will also draw attention to you. And some places don't allow them because they consider them weapons. And rightly so there is no other use for that tip than as a weapon. The truth is however you don't need that tip. Any flashlight of the right size can be used just as effectively without it. Just as with the newspaper, it's all about where you strike. Some of them have a mode where you can disorient an attacker with a bunch of flashing, but it's not really effective the way you may think. First, unless you're trained, you're tra- you've trained yourself to quickly find that mode, it'll be too late to use it. Second, it doesn't really disorient someone in the general sense. What it does is make it harder for them to identify exactly where you're standing in order to get a good shot at you while you line up your sights. The best ones to get will be ones that will extend out both ends of your hand while holding it so you can strike from either direction, but will also fit in your pocket and can be easily pulled out when you need it. A heavier flashlight will also strike harder. You don't have to get all fancy with the flashlight you can use it as a weapon. I just uh, want to interject really quick. Some of the new flashlights—they're so powerful. They have so many so many lumens that they will blind you. I mean, uh, uh, if if you're in a situation where someone—if it's dark, uh, even more so when it's dark. But uh, even when it's light out, I mean, it will. You shine it in someone's show someone's eyes, um, it will cause them to blink or look away. And so, uh, you know, that would be very very helpful. So if you're looking for a flashlight. Uh, in in this you know for this uh, particular purpose to uh to have as an improvised uh, weapon uh you know go ahead and spend the money to get the uh the bigger the higher lumens uh, a lot of them come with really nice uh big uh uh Uh, rechargeable batteries is what i'm trying to say and so i mean i mean flashlights have come a long long way uh you can spend a lot of money on on some uh some really nice flashlights out there but i I do think that uh, the lumens uh having a real powerful you know lumen uh battery would uh, would be helpful all right number three is a cane or an umbrella A Cane or Umbrella is probably the most effective weapon on the list. It can give you more reach, can hit harder, and can give you more leverage than anything else listed. It's also very easy to find a qualified instructor instructor who can teach you how to use it very well. Most umbrellas are terrible weapons. They break easy and have a tendency to pop open if you shuffle them around too much. There are exceptions though. The U-115 is just one example of an umbrella that you can use to defend yourself effectively but won't be typically seen as any kind of weapon. It's built very tough and is discreet. The problem with umbrellas though is if it's not raining out or about to rain you look a little suspicious carrying it around. A good cane can be used as a weapon extremely well. You just have to pick one that doesn't look like a weapon. The key here is to find one that won't break easily and has a heavy handle on the end. You can get hardwood canes with brass handles fairly inexpensively. Contrary to what you may think, the fancier something, look, something like this looks, the less likely it is that it would be confiscated. Nicer things aren't seen as often as being intended for nefarious purposes. Don't go for something that has skulls or dragons on it. Also keep in mind that if you have a cane, you should probably have a limp. Just saying. A derby handle shown below is a great option for a cane. It's, heavy, it's a heavier end than a, double hand, than a door handle type of handle and with some training, you can use that end to control your opponent or his weapon. The door handle types are easier to handle and carry around and use however. Here's an example of a derby handle. Yeah, that looks pretty solid and like it would uh, really really hurt someone if you swung uh, that end of it. Alright, number four is a belt. You don't need to have a hidden knife to use a belt effectively. You do need to find a belt and a pair of pants that will allow you to pull it off quickly without your pants dropping to your ankles in a fight. I use a riggers belt myself but that wouldn't, that won't look right with some outfits so you'll have to figure out something that would work. A wide leather belt with a heavy buckle works well. Just watch that the loops near the buckle don't catch on the front loop of your pants causing it to not want to come out. Here's a video I found about using exactly that in a fight. If you haven't had training, don't even attempt the method that requires you to hold it in two hands though. Just pull it out, quickly wrap it around your hand, then wrist, then hand again, and use it to keep them back or hit them with it. Number 5. A pen. I personally carry a tactical survival pen a lot of times because it's now part of my personal EDC kit. They are, really useful, they are really useful to have but more likely to be seen as a potential threat than a normal pen will. The fact is though, just about any pen can be used as a weapon. All you need is to have an inch or so sticking out of your fist as you hold it and then use it to poke holes in the fleshy part of your t- attacker. If you've seen the Bourne Supremacy, you may remember the scene where Jason Bourne fought that guy with a pin and jammed it in old dude's hand. That pin, by the way, was a black Rote Ring 600 pin with the knurled grip. They don't make them anymore, but they're still around. Here's a quick video to show you some examples. Another video there that uh, is helpful. So as you can see, there are several things that you can use to defend yourself against an attacker when you're not able to carry a firearm or a knife. Some of these won't work in all situations, but some of them can be used by just about anyone in just about any situation. Just figure out what you can carry with you that won't draw suspicion and learn how to use it. Now, that you know about these things, you can also more easily identify someone who may be a potential threat who isn't carrying an obvious weapon. Alright, so, uh, good article there, some good points uh sometimes you i mean you might not have thought that some of these things could be used for those uh those purposes there are a lot of comments here uh, a whole lot of comments I'm not gonna uh, try to read them or or count how many there are um uh, so uh you know it's about a it, i think it's a two year old article so um yeah a little over two years old so uh re- reading in the uh the comments you can get some other ideas as well of what might work like somebody said uh uh, they knew uh, a woman who used uh, their heels, their stiletto heels and, and really hurt someone who was uh, trying to take advantage of them and, and so forth and so forth. So there's always, uh, you know, always things out there. So now that you have f- these five under your belt, you can start thinking about maybe some other things that you could use uh, to uh, to defend yourself uh, in a situation where you couldn't uh, have a, a a firearm or a knife. So, uh, you know, good article. There's a lot of links in this one. So you definitely want to go over to graywolfsurvival.com and uh, check out this article. Uh, I think it'll it'll be well worth it. I mean, not only that, but you have the videos that you want to go check out. Um, You know, some good videos there. So uh, over at uh, graywolfsurvival.com. So, hey, uh, that's it for the Friday podcast. I appreciate you uh, hanging around all week long. If you're new to the podcast and new to... Uh, preparedness, we'd like to welcome you along and uh, like to invite you over to the Facebook group where you can go and you can ask questions and uh, be a part of a group that's not going to uh, make fun of you or downgrade you at all. Uh, I hope that you have a little bit of time this weekend to uh, go do some fun stuff, uh, maybe add to your preps, add to your skills, and uh, maybe just spend some time with the family and and get some dirt time out there. Uh, You know, Hopefully uh, your weather will be Uh, a little bit uh, better than what we're going to experience here in Houston. I think we have uh, chances of rain all weekend long, but there's always, always things to do and uh, always look forward to the weekend. Hey, if you get a chance, like I said, if you're new to preparedness or if you are just looking for more preparedness articles, I'd like to welcome you to come on over to PrepperWebsite.com. I do link to that in all the show notes. Uh, but it's prepperwebsite.com. That's where we link to all all the articles that we read here on Prepper Website, um, and so we do we link to about uh, somewhere between eight to twelve articles uh, a day. It is a daily um, a daily website, and we update it on a regular basis so that you can have the best preparedness articles. If you're looking for something very specific, like maybe articles dealing with firearms or DIY or frugal living or alternative news. Uh, I, we have pages on the right-hand corner of the website, uh, prepperwebsite.com, where you can click into that and uh, get all kinds of great, great information over there. So, uh, prepper website, we try to put out a lot of great information for you so that you can get your fill of preparedness and survival, homesteading, bushcraft, and and all the all the good stuff out there. So, uh, come on over to prepperwebsite.com. If you get a chance, I'd love for you to come over to episode 173 or any of the other episodes and leave me a comment. I always love to, to connect with uh, listeners out there. Or you can always come and, and hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Uh, you know, that's always, uh, that's always a, a treat when I see uh, you know, a post or an email or uh, you know, instant message from someone uh, that, that is a listener. Alright, uh, with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.